Hello and welcome to The Dirt in association with the Organic Gardening Catalogue. This is the podcast that celebrates the failures as well as the successes. I'm Laura, editor of Grow Your Own magazine. And I'm Blake, deputy editor. And on today's show, we've got a scandalous news story, your task for this week on the plot. But first, we're delighted to welcome the champion of no-dig organic gardening, Charles Dowding. Hi, Charles. Hi. Hello, Blake. Hello, Laura. Nice to hear you. Hello, how are you? Uh, really good. I just got in from the garden. Actually, we were potting on some wild rocket for the winter and um, harvesting leeks and fennel. All good. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on the show. You're actually our first ever guest, which is quite cool. Oh, what an honour. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so we'd like to kick off. Basically, we, um, we'll be looking at people's successes and failures in the garden. We want to sort of, you know, take the fear out of gardening and show that sometimes things do go wrong. But we like to ease everybody in gently because we're very kind like that. So um, first of all, can we just ask what your biggest gardening successes have been personally? Well, it, uh, overall, it, 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 it's no dig and, and this way of it's a much easier way of, of managing soil, which I've been doing actually for 38 years now, and I'm still learning more about it myself. And I'm very happy to share that knowledge and pass it on, and I'm delighted with the feedback I'm receiving from people. It's so encouraging, and they're, they're loving it too, and it's saving everyone a lot of time and effort. You know, it's kind of, some people call it the lazy way, but actually sometimes it's really good to be lazy, you know, as long as it's constructively lazy. And, and working with nature, basically, which means you, you, you're not fighting nature so much. It's just treating soil in the way that nature does, feeding it on the surface. So for the listener at home who might not know if they're new to gardening, what, what does no-dig mean? Uh, well, basically, it, it, it very simply means leaving soil alone, not putting a fork or spade in at any point unless you... Sometimes you need to. Like, you know, you want to plant an apple tree, yeah, fair enough, dig a hole. <laughs> That's allowed. <laughs> um, so, so sometimes... You, you are using tools, but mostly for, for growing most plants, um, feeding the surface with, with a layer of a mulch, it's called, is a, is a layer on top of compost, I'd recommend, mm-hmm. particularly for vegetables. And then you're sowing and planting into that compost, and the roots go down into the undisturbed, left alone soil below, which nonetheless has a good structure. And they root into that very successfully, and you get wonderful plants, very healthy growth. And the biggest benefit of all, less weeds. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so it's actually easier. Benefit, yeah. A lot easier. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting fantastic feedback on that one. Um, you know, because so, so much for us are under time pressure. I mean, that's really what got me into Nodig was, well, partly wanting to save time, but also just suspecting it was maybe the better way. And those two things combined. But the, the big one is time saving because of the, the, the fewer weeds. So you're just not battling them, you know, and you've got time to be constructive and be, enjoy it more. What's the kind of main thing that you come up against, the main barrier for other people? Because I know growing up and gardening with my grandparents, they were very much, you know, we must dig over the plot yeah. every single winter, that type of yeah. old school thinking. So is that kind of the main obstacle that people face? Yes, you've answered it, exactly. Uh, I mean, it's a very good question and you've provided the answer, which is traditional thinking, if you like, which, you know, I'm not against tradition by any means, but we, I think all of us in all our lives, we, we'll get better results if we question things more. Mm-hmm. And a lot of tradition is rooted in, in its time. You know, and time moves on. The, the, the reasons change for doing things and, and knowledge moves on. So now, and you know, climate change is another one, carbon. And yeah. no dig, no till keeps carbon in the soil. 
so so it wins on that score as well. But what, yeah, where the difficulty I have in teaching it mainly is is with older people who have kind of know it all already, if you like. Yeah, <laughs> which is not wrong, but you can understand how that makes it harder to change. I think. And how do you persuade them? Is it that time-saving angle? It, yeah, time, but more than anything, results. And and it, if I can ever get people here or show photographs, you know, that, that pretty much does it. Actually. I give talks and got a nice slideshow people can see, and I take them through the phases and, and the sequential stories of growth and, and the absence of weeds. And um, yeah, most people have won over, actually. It, it's becoming a bit of a revolution now. I mean, my, yeah. even at Kew Gardens, you know, all those student beds, yeah. this is the head gardens of the future. They're 26 beds, they're all no dig. RHS, Wisley, and so on. And and one of my biggest enjoyments was um, I was flown out to Aberdeen to meet Jim, Jim McCall, oh, wow. mm-hmm. Beach Grove Gardens, because they, they started a dig no dig trial three, four years ago now. And sceptically, you know, this is what makes it more convincing, really. They were not convinced at all by no mm-hmm. dig. You know, how can this possibly work? You know, <laughs> uh, we, know, we know how to grow. And um, anyway, they had to try it or, and, and did it. And then, well, what's going on here? The, the cauliflower's bigger. There's more potatoes. This can't be right. <laughs> so <laughs> they started to question it. And, and then he did another year of trials and, oh, same result. No dig <laughs> just generally doing better. Third year, same again. So they then converted all the garden to no dig. And Jim, and, you know, this is in his 80s. And I was so impressed by that because he, even at that grand old age, you know, he, he he's a thinking man, and and he was he, he's prepared to change and adapt. So it was good. Yeah. I have to say, actually, um, my my dad's been growing veg for years and years, and he's always been one of those people who sort of steadfastly right. likes digging over his plot. Okay. This year, he um had a hip replacement, so oh. he wasn't able to dig so much, and he decided this year to try all no dig. And he's actually said to me, he's not going back. He's oh. sticking with it. Well, that's nice. I mean, and that really hardens me actually to hear because he's an experienced gardener, obviously, and he he knows what he's looking at, and um, he's he's familiar with the process. And hopefully, that will also make him start to question things generally a bit. You know, it's like, hmm, how did this come about? Well, you know, yeah. and I've been trained to dig every year, and maybe yeah. I don't need to. Um. So moving on to the other side of the coin, can mm. you tell us about any of your gardening failures that are particularly noteworthy or that gave you a bit of a giggle at the time? Or? Oh, I don't know about a giggle. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, you can laugh actually, about them now afterwards. <laughs> not so many recently, thank goodness. You know, because with age does come a bit of wisdom. <laughs> but back when I was back in my 20s, I did some crazy things. I, I remember one year I, I wanted to grow more carrots. I was organic approved in those days I had a symbol and uh, there was a big shortage of organic carrots and I thought well this shouldn't be too difficult and I hired a guy to rotivate half an acre of ground and then he had a drill and he drilled carrot seeds in half an acre and they came up and then so did the chickweed oh no three of us spent a whole day hoeing the chickweed and then it drizzled a bit this was spring and the chickweed basically carried on growing (laughs) and the following week oh then another go so we hoed again we kept on growing we hoed a third time no. we never got on top of that chickweed oh, and no. i never harvested one single carrot from that half acre but you had half an acre and of chickweed unfortunately basically, yeah <laughs> do you know what i did manage to sell a bit oh well <laughs> every <laughs> yeah, cloud you know what? <laughs> the, the wholesaler who i sold it to he wasn't that impressed and he said my customers were not convinced but anyway we tried a few things but it, what that taught me was that there is a saying actually something like chickweed follows the rotavator yeah. And and that, you know, relates to no dig, you know, and, that, and not having weeds when you don't disturb the soil, but it, rotivating is, is a massive disruption. And, and the weed 
for me, the chickweed is a healing mechanism. Mm. Th- th- those roots are very fine and fibrous, and they, they bind it together, having you know where the machine had broken it apart. So that's for me, that's what's going on. So that mistakes always teach you something, and, and looking back on it, they're great, but at the time, it's not much fun. So don't worry, listener at home, if you're making mistakes, it's okay, because even Charles Dowling <laughs> used to make mistakes. <laughs> Yeah, learn from mine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it sort of brings us on to our next thing, which is, do you have any guilty gardening secrets, sort of little shortcuts Ooh. that you take that you wouldn't necessarily read about in a textbook, but something that you find really works for you? <laughs> um, well, do you know what? Actually, no, I wouldn't put it like that. I can see where you're coming from. but I guess in one way, no dig is one big one big, one big hack, rebellion, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could put it that way. Exactly. It's, in a way, it's a question of how you phrase it. And, you know, that's an interesting way you put it, Laura, like, you know, dirty little secret. And, <laughs> and uh, I, I would call that, you know, actually a wonderful discovery. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of, um, you know, like not hardening off, for example. You know, because mm-hmm. I, I actually count myself fortunate I didn't have a what I would call an official horticultural training. I kind of learned it more on, on doing it. And so I'd, I'm always looking for shortcuts and I dared not to do things that probably people who've been, say, to college wouldn't dare mm. to, <laughs> to not do. So hardening off is one. And I, and I just bring things straight out of my uh, greenhouse, not not heated, but they still had a bit of heat to get them going, and then put them straight into cold soil, but I put fleece over. So if you like, that's my hardening off. Yeah. But it, it's, it's a big time saver. I'm not, just not bothering with all that bring them in and out yeah. kind of business i never pinch out my tomatoes that is definitely yeah. my secret i don't know whether that's absolutely do you endorse mine that? as well i still seem to get good results are they called tomatoes yes yeah 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 so you're getting a jungle yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a very lazy gardener charles so i have to admit i'm the same and you had to sort of hack your way through my garden to the back gate this year but i am still i'm still yeah. trying to find ways to use the tomatoes now so it all turned out well wouldn't normally admit these things but in the safety of you know the comfort of the dirt podcast i think it's yeah okay. yeah well it is good because that does make feel not everyone has time to complete everything they want to do either so you know sometimes you wonder oh god is that going to suffer and then you make discovery maybe it's actually not so bad after all but generally speaking i wouldn't recommend you to not side you too much <laughs> <laughs> okay we will I, do I'm better actually, next i'll year. do better next year yeah <laughs> I, I find huge benefit in having a tidy garden and and one of the things is for slugs, you know, gives them less places to hide. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <coughs> I have to confess I am not the, the tidiest of gardeners, but every year I think I'm going to I'm gonna do better. Year. This is going to be the oh. year that it happens. <laughs> so I know you sort of touched on um, briefly before the, the lessons that come from, you know, mistakes mm. that might happen, which actually mm. sort of brings us on to our, our final question. What would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned over your gardening journey so far boy i have to say off the top of my head that's quite a, that's a deep one um i'm doing a lot of teaching now and teaching gardening i'm noticing that the diff- different people learn in different ways actually yeah. it's not quite what mm-hmm. you're asking um but discovering how people learn um in, in gardening itself i guess it's, it must be weeds actually um, i just see some so many people struggle with weeds. It's been my biggest fear over the years. Mm-hmm. And like I was saying about the chickweed and the carrots, and mm-hmm. I, I've made mistakes with weeds, but that I feel like I've, I'm where I, I want to be now. Yeah. But I, my, my main advice to anyone starting out is is to, in that first few months, you know, really nail it. Do a thorough mulching job to you get on top of weeds yeah. from from the beginning. And that and the other advice I'd give, and, and I've 
you know, contradicted this myself different times, is don't take on too much ground. Yeah. Just take on what you can manage and do it well, and then you'll enjoy it more and, and stay involved more. Whereas if you take on too much and then it all gets away from you, you kind of walk away almost psychologically as well. Yeah. It's not a good place to be. Gardening is so much about being there as much of the time as you can, that little and often. Yeah, I think that's such such an important point. Like we actually, um, I know um, you have worked with Hugh Richards and he actually oh, did yeah. a feature in our December issue on how to beat gardening overwhelm. Um, oh, so right, sort okay. of the little things yeah. that you can do to make your, your life easier. And I think that is yeah. such an important thing because if someone, say, yeah. takes on an allotment plot for the first time, it, yeah. it can be yeah. quite overwhelming, can't it? Seems I, like a lot to have totally, to do, isn't it? They're too big. I mean, most of them, traditional yeah. allotments, I keep saying, you know, they really should be in quarters. And anyone taking one on, if you can find someone to share one with, if you do get a whole one, or maybe you'll be lucky and get a, a part one, or even just a, a bed. You know, start with a bed if it's your first year. Uh, like one bed, four by eight, one point two by two meters, uh, two point four, and, and you can do a lot on one bed and have a real. You can enjoy it more too. And like you say, yeah, not get that feeling of oh my god, <laughs> it's got away from me. And actually, that's where no dig is good because with the digging, you know, I've, I've noticed people can go down, they'll dig over their allotment, say in, in an afternoon. That's the easy bit. <laughs> then the weeds come. Whereas with no dig, it's more you do it incrementally, and you know you'll make a bed, and then you make another bed, and just build from starting from one, and, and take it gradually, and, and enjoy the process more. Absolutely. That's me convinced. I'm taking on a new project, <laughs> right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give no dig a go, and I'm gonna let really? you know how I get on. Good, I've been enjoying you. reading your column about it and grow your own every month, and now and now I'm convinced. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I will keep you right. updated. Thanks so much for taking the time out to speak to us today, Charles. It's It's been great speaking to you. Each week, we'll be getting the Grow Your Own team together to chat about some topical news stories. So we will now welcome our editorial assistant, Rose, to the table. So hi, Rose. Hello. To kick off this week, some controversy. (gasps) Um, I read a feature recently in The Guardian from James Wong, where he said that his opinion actually is that heritage isn't always best, that we've been very much sort of programmed to think, oh, the heritage tomato is going to taste vastly superior and it's, you know, much more worthy to grow than a sort of F1 variety. But he actually said it really isn't always the case. Obviously, sometimes it is. But he said often these more modern varieties of plants have been bred with characteristics that are the characteristics that you would want mm, in a tomato, for example. Oh. So have you have you guys grown any heritage varieties or I haven't, but this is going to be quite divisive, right? People are gonna come out on one side or other of this mm. argument, I think, of this debate. And I think it'll be very dependent on you know what it's like when you grow things. You can have a terrible year one year with something and a great year the following year with seemingly no reason between it. So if you've had a bad experience with an F1 variety or a particularly good experience, is that the rule or is that just that season? If it you is sort I mean. of a battle between the old and the new, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Do we hold these heritage old school varieties, you know, on a pedestal? Do we always say that they're the best and they nothing else can outshine them? Or should we be looking at these hybrid varieties and saying, actually, science does play a big part yeah. and plant breeding does play a big part in the taste and the quality of the fruit and veg that we can be growing. Absolutely. And I think this is one of the really great things about James Wong, that 
he's not afraid to open these conversations yeah. up. You know, I think there's so much that people assume you hear, you know, heritage veg and you sort of automatically think, yeah, that's the best thing to be growing. But the fact that he's actually you know, starting these conversations is a really positive thing, I think. And it shows that it's okay to have these different opinions on things. Like, not every single person that's a gardener on the TV is going to think the same way or have the same opinions, and that's fine. I agree. And also, I think it's important to break down that idea that gardening's all about tradition and it's all about being sort of old school and not really looking to the future. And actually, there are a lot of younger people, a lot of different methods and techniques to gardening and we shouldn't just assume that it is about the Mm -hmm. past and actually think no it's it's about looking to the future and being more sustainable and that's a ongoing process absolutely and also I would argue has anybody ever eaten a sun gold tomato and thought this isn't amazing and I'd be really keen to hear about what you think at home which side of this debate do you come out on so let us know on our social media channels yep we are at GYOMag on Twitter and we're also on Facebook and Instagram so I've got a story for you guys today and that is that health chiefs are now launching the National Academy for Social Prescribing that's a very long-winded name for that but it's basically that um, doctors are now starting to send patients for singing gardening or art classes that's great Um, it is brilliant it shows the benefits of horticultural therapy and that um, doctors are now noticing that these other sorts of therapy work can work just as well as other methods of course everyone's different but I do agree that there are lots of benefits to gardening sort of getting outside meeting new people and yeah and that growing your own fruit and veg has other benefits than just being able to eat at the end it's actually the process is actually really enjoyable I think what's so good about this is that we've all known this gardeners know that this works but now the nhs is saying it you know it's giving it that weighting and that authority and perhaps people are going to sit up and listen this actually links into the january issue of grow your own magazine which is actually our gardening for well-being issue love the plug so there's (laughs) plenty of tips in there for um you know why why gardening is so good for you yeah and you don't have to you know have a huge allotment or a huge garden you can even just grow a few things on the windowsill or get house plants it's all even those baby steps might help to just brighten your day a little bit more yeah if you don't have a big garden I don't have a big garden I have a small courtyard and I grew a lot of veg this summer so just give it a go spinach wasn't it yeah so much spinach (laughs) it's so tasty as well and it wasn't quite as you know you didn't get quite as much from it as what you might have hoped but it was just really rewarding so just give it a go get a container or a pot and just start growing we loved your herb planters as well that you made with those pots stacked on top of each other they were really cool i know it's so inventive i was like use every bit of space go up up (laughs) up 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 (laughs) and it Um, made a good instagram photo as well so it it did it ticked that box for sure talking of veg the best veg obviously for me is potatoes. Oh, I don't yes. know about you guys. Popular choice. Bags. And I was reading actually that Waitrose, other supermarkets are available, but Waitrose <laughs> were talking about how they've actually seen a rise in traditional root vegetables again, like those oh, real really? traditional. Yeah, I saw that. Did you see this? Yeah. yeah. So whereas perhaps Mediterranean veg was really in a few years ago, now apparently it's all about root veg. And they've seen searches for Swedes up by like 52% and wow. celeriac by 25% and turnips by 17%. So really seeing an increase in these veg um, types. So I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, Why is that? 
Is it a sort of seasonal thing or is that through the year that I they've I think it's noticed? been year on year, yeah. So it's been the whole year that they've seen that these veg are going up in the world. I think maybe, I don't know if you agree, it sort of shows that people are thinking about um their footprint a bit more than they might have in the past about air miles you know these mediterranean vegetables can be grown here but also they're probably being shipped so you think it's more of like a sustainability maybe i think there's other points to it as well maybe people are realizing that swede and potatoes can actually taste really nice whereas people in the past might have thought oh they're really boring i just want to eat i don't know whether you feel like this as well i just i wouldn't even know how to cook a swede like i know that my (laughs) grandparents always eat swede but i have no idea steak the other day so maybe you should make a swede steak they're so hard to cut though they're so solid you need a really really good kitchen knife for that i think Rose, you're going to have to send me that recipe for that Swede steak. I will do. I'm not sure how good it's going to taste. I'm just really intrigued by it. Yeah, you'll have to update well, us. Well, try. Okay, you two get back and get on with the next issue of Grow Your Own, which is going to be fab. And yes. I'm going to give uh, the listener at home some jobs on the plot to do right now in December. Okay, so it's time for your seasonal jobs on the plot. And obviously December in the garden provides the perfect opportunity to slow down, but by no means come to a halt because there's still lots to do. You'll find a full list of jobs in the latest issue of Grow Your Own magazine, but here's a quick look at some of the top jobs for right now. First up, keep on harvesting root vegetables, including parsnips, turnips and swede, Brussels sprouts, kale, cabbage and more. There's nothing quite like a homegrown Christmas dinner, I'm sure you'll agree. Now is also a good time to prune existing apple and pear trees by removing last season's growth, plus getting rid of any diseased, dead or dying twigs. This will help to encourage productive growth for next spring. You will also need to raise pots onto pot feet or bricks and wrap them in bubble wrap, or get some garden fleecing. This will stop the containers from becoming waterlogged or cracking if we get lots of wet and cold weather this winter. You can continue to plant crops in the vegetable garden this month, including shallot sets and garlic cloves. Plant these into well-drained soil, or if your ground is especially wet, consider building some planting mounds to raise them up. If we have a white Christmas this year, pop outside to brush snow off the greenhouse and prevent any damage to the structure, and also allow the limited light to get into your plants. Finally, don't let winter storms batter your plants. Keep them safe by moving them under cover or to a sheltered part of your plot. A big thanks from all of us to the king of all things organic gardening, Charles Dowding, for joining us earlier. And until next time... From all of us at Grow Your Own Magazine, happy growing. Thanks again for listening to The Dirt in association with the Organic Gardening Catalogue. Whether you're an accomplished organic grower or just interested in learning about growing in a more natural way, the Organic Gardening Catalogue is for you. They're the one-stop shop for all things garden-related. They've got a fantastic selection of seeds, plants, tools and more. Be inspired by growing organic, whether it be in a garden, an allotment or even on a city balcony. Visit organiccatalogue.com for more. And don't forget to subscribe to The Dirt for free to make sure you never miss an episode. We'd love it if you rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to tell your allotment neighbours. We have some really exciting guests coming up and one of them could be you. Do you or someone you know have some great gardening advice, dirty gardening secrets or funny disasters on the plot? Email thedirt at growfruitandveg.co.uk to let us know. Plus, as a special treat for a monthly dose of trusted garden advice from the whole Grow Your Own team, 
we've got an exclusive offer just for the Dirt listeners. Head to growfruitandveg.co.uk forward slash pod G, that's P-O-D-G, or call 0800 904 7000 and quote pod G to get three issues of Grow Your Own magazine for just £6. And every issue comes with a selection of free seeds. Check the episode notes for details and terms.